0: Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Karibuni, Minnesota. We're here in McAllister College's radio station, WMCN 91.7, and we are your hosts. I'm Matthew Wilkinson, a fourth-year McAllister student majoring in linguistics and anthropology.
1: Uh, my name is Juma Mkata, and uh, I just want to thank you for hosting us. Uh, I'm from uh, Voicing the Wilderness uh, organization.
2: And hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Kilo Loma Kisongo, but I go by Kilo, and I'm also uh, from Voice in the Wilderness Organization.
0: We put this podcast together because we wanted to create a welcoming educational space for the sharing of stories and perspectives by refugees who have come to Minnesota from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Welcome, everyone, to Karibuni, Minnesota. Today, our program will focus on introductions and background information. To start us off, Juma. Would you mind telling us the meaning of our title, Karibuni Minnesota?
1: Yes. Uh, Karibuni Minnesota, uh, first of all, Karibu, uh, Karibuni is the word Swahili. And "Cariboni uh, Minnesota, it means that you are welcome. So uh, when we choose the title "Cariboni uh, Minnesota, is because we feel more welcome here in Minnesota.
0: So you, you said um, this word is in Swahili, but some people might not know, is Swahili the only language spoken in the Democratic Republic of the Congo?
1: No, uh, not at all. Swahili, uh, Swahili is not the only language spoken in, in the Congo. In the Congo, we've got uh, more than 400 uh, uh, spoken in Congo. But among all those four language, there is uh, f- uh, five many language uh, spoken uh, in uh, divided between the, the regions. So mm-hmm. we have got uh, Lingala, we have got Swahili, we have got uh, Kikongo, we have got Chiluba. And uh, the official language French. Is, is French, which is uh, spoken in uh, the system, in the offices and the school system.
0: Mm, okay. well, I mean, That's obviously a lot of diversity. Um, and so I, I think it's important that we continue with um, some more context about the Congolese diaspora here in Minnesota before moving into the main part of our discussion. Kilo, would you mind informing us about some of the differences between the local Congolese refugee population and other refugee populations here in Minnesota?
2: Oh yes, for sure. Um, The differences between the Congolese population in Minnesota and some other uh, refugee population in Minnesota is that first of all, the Congolese community is uh, fairly new in the state of Minnesota, um, and also by its new by well that the fact that they just started coming to the to the you know to Minnesota in 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 uh, in numbers just recently, mm-hmm. and also another difference is that uh, we are. We are also, like, scattered... Uh, Congolese refugees are scattered everywhere in, in, in the state of Minnesota. And compared to, like, Somali community or the or, or the Ethiopian community um, and uh, maybe Liberian community where mm-hmm. you find them in large numbers, like when you go to Minneapolis, you find a lot of Somalis there. Uh, Congolese community are are not that many and also like, like those other communities and also uh, we, we just, a lot of mainstream people, they don't know about our community here in Minnesota mm-hmm. and for us, that's why we're trying to raise awareness so that people will know that Congolese community exists in the state of Minnesota, uh, just like any other community. So that's uh, some of the differences that's there. Okay, yeah. thank
0: you. Um, and many people might also be wondering Uh, Why have people been made to leave the DRC in the first
2: place? People have been made to leave DRC because uh, there's a war that broke up in DRC. In 1996, there was a war that broke up in in the Congo, and that war has led a lot of people to flee the country, to go to neighboring countries, and Mm -hmm. eventually led them to Get resettlement in, in different in different uh, Western countries, uh, including the United States. So that but the war that started in 1996 led people to where they are today.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yes. so, um, if if most of these people were displaced in 1996, mm-hmm. um, uh, why are they only arriving uh, recently now?
2: The reason why is because as we are talking right now, I'm sure that many. Many people, even here in the United States or Minnesota, they don't even know about the war in the DRC that mm-hmm. started in 1996. So it's to some people, it's a new, it's a new story, but or it's a new thing. But because the men, the 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 media don't really talk much mm-hmm. about it, about the situation in Congo, um, and also. Uh, I think the United States maybe was not ready because they go by the program as well. You know, the United States uh, resettlement system or the UN was not ready to start resettling Congolese Mm -hmm. in Minnesota. But if we talk about Canada, there are Congolese who started going to Canada, many Congolese in Canada, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, that way we settled in Canada and some other European countries. Mm-hmm. But the United States, I think, starting in 2010, somewhere mm-hmm. there, that's when they started taking Congolese mm-hmm. in, the, in the U.S. Okay, yeah.
0: thank you. So with some of this context, basic background knowledge out of the way as a foundation, uh, I think we can move in uh, to the central element of our podcast Mm-hmm. Which is meant to be just the sharing of stories, and so Kilo, right. um, right. why don't you start us off uh, and share whatever you feel like sharing about your journey uh, from the Democratic Republic of the Congo to joining us here in Minnesota? As I
2: said in 1996, the war started, and because uh, there were a lot of killings that was happening when, like the soldiers will come into a town or or a village, mm-hmm. they do a lot of bad stuff. So the family decided that we had to leave because a lot of people were actually leaving the country, in thousands. Um, and uh, unfortunately for me, uh, my parents decided not to, they didn't want to leave DRC, you know, to go anywhere else. Uh, so they they put us in a group of other extended family members um, and they told us to leave my, I'm talking about myself and my my younger siblings. Uh, so we left with other extended family members, went to cross the lake uh, Lake Tanganyika, right? Cross the lake and uh, Lake Tanganyika in a boat. Uh, and we we went to Tanzania, which is a neighboring country um, in East Africa. So we went to Tanzania. Once we got in Tanzania, we were registered by the Tanzanian immigration officers as refugees, of course. And then after that, we were put in in, in trucks, in a pickup trucks like wow. these, uh, yeah, semi trucks sometimes. And then mm-hmm. you know, and then you sent to off to the to refugee camps, mm-hmm. uh, which is far away from from the the town. Once of course once we were there we started living as as refugees and then I lived there for a couple of years before I left from 1996 until like 2000s when I came to the to the United States So let's talk but, a little bit about
0: mm-hmm. that actual trip
2: That's when I left the refugee mm-hmm. camp and then went to Dar es Salaam where I was I waited for oh, okay. for my trip to come to the United States I was there for 7 months so 2000, 2001, and then came to oh, the okay. U.S. Yeah, I was, for, when I got to the U.S., I was 14 years old. Actually, I was hopeful because I've always heard about the United States. Mm-hmm. So I knew that in the United States, actually, I had a lot of imagination about the U.S., mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> just from, sometimes, like, people would see the movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So you have this, uh, like, Ideas about the U.S., uh, you know, and I, I was I was I was ready for that. Like, okay, okay, I'm going to the United States. Mm-hmm. I was excited and all of that, and uh, but I was also fearful, especially in like in the plane because I had never been on one. I never mm-hmm. seen one like closely, and mm-hmm. apart from seeing them, you know, in the in the sky flying over. Mm-hmm. So I had never seen a plane. So uh, I was worried in that part. I was very anxious about, uh, like, how maybe the plane is going to fall, like, you know, and stuff like that. And then we'll probably, you know, mm-hmm. end up all dying and stuff. So those were some of the fears that I had. Uh, but then, you know, along the way, as we were coming, you know, things started Feeling just says okay and normal, a little bit comfortable, mm-hmm. but it was also hard because in in my family nobody knew how to speak English. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, like in DRC, we don't have English system, so it's, it's mm-hmm. French and and stuff. And as we said, maybe Swahili and some other languages. But then, in a the plane, of course, the all flight attendants spoke. English, you know, and it was hard to even ask them to, how to go to the restroom. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll bring you food that like, you know, you you never seen. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't know. Some of us are used to eating ugali, you know. (laughs) We are used to eating ugali and stuff, which here they call fufu, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's what we are used to, and maybe rice. And sometimes they'll give you food, and then you just take it because you don't even know how to say no. You don't even know how to ask for something different than that, than what they are offering you. Mm -hmm. So And then you just have to pretend and just eat it, you know, (laughs) because other people are eating. Mm -hmm. So those, those were some of the experiences. Experiences that that I had, and uh, when I got here, it was different, different story because of how I saw the the, the city. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember we arrived on July fourth,
0: wow, it's a great and at night around 11,
2: 11 uh-huh. p.m. So it was, and then. As soon as we got home, you know, the fireworks started. Of course. (laughs) And we were like, we were worried, actually. We were like, okay, so what's this? This is... Another war just broke up. Oh, you know, no. we're we running away from one, and now, you know, we got into another one. So it was, uh, and then we were fearful, and, and, and then people were already here. They started saying, no, this is not, it's not a war. Those are not gunshots. <laughs> These are fireworks that are going on. So, yes, that's, uh, that was uh-huh. my first experience that I, I had. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: And you went to high school here,
2: right? I did. So um, what was your
0: first day like of American high school?
2: oh man it was uh very as i said i was worried knowing that I don't speak English I didn't know oh. even how to say anything in english honestly and uh uh being sent to to high school it was kind of, it was tough for me it was it was hard because i uh, I couldn't talk to a lot of people, but then after a couple of days or maybe months, i started getting acquainted with other because south high school at the time um we had like 2000 2002 there and you know there were a lot of uh somalis you know that went there and some of them lived in in kenya so mm-hmm. they spoke swahili oh. you know and then when i was taking my ESL classes of course in those classes we had uh, a lot of, you know, African, East Africans who spoke, who spoke Swahili. So and then I just met friends with some of, of them mm-hmm. and they were the ones who and they already knew English, you know, mm-hmm. some English at least better than I did. Um, and they were the ones who were helping me a lot.